my book, Block, Delete, Move On, is going to be released on the 10th of February. If you're listening to this before then, you can pre-order it from Amazon, Waterstones, Blackwells. If you are anywhere internationally, you can go to independent bookstores, thefeministshop.com. You can ask your local independent booksellers. You can go to the bookstore. Just buy the book. It is a guide to 21st century dating for anyone, but mainly for women who have the unfortunate curse of being heterosexual. It is a perfect gift for yourself or your single friends. It's a mix of my personal and professional knowledge, and it takes you through everything from the ick to ghosting, attachment styles to sex. It covers everything that you need to know to date healthily. And it's also a very pretty book, so you could just order it for decorative purposes. The link to order or pre-order the book is in my bio on Instagram, and it's also in my book highlights on my Instagram. I hope you love it. Hello and welcome to the La 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 Let Me Explain podcast. And today I'm joined by a beautiful, amazing special guest, Kaz oh, Crossley. Thank you. Thank you so much for Rob- having me. Oh, no problem. It's a pleasure. I feel honoured. No, I feel honoured. Uh-huh. I've literally been following you for ages, like way before Love Island. Yeah, you were, because I was actually quite excited when you went on Love Island and I went to follow you and I was like, oh my gosh, you follow me already. Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> and you were on Love Island in 2018, right? Yeah, so it's been like three years now. How has your life changed? since then honestly that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me like it just gave me a whole new career just a whole new kind of lease of life like I was a makeup artist before and obviously that was my hobby for ages but I kind of just I don't know I lost my passion for it I was doing like loads of freelance jobs like I was actually like pretty broke before I went into Love Island so coming out of that using the kind of platform to do my makeup and like all these brand stuff like it completely changed my life it was the best thing honestly I have nothing bad to say about it being a makeup artist it's actually a really hard life isn't it yeah it just wasn't for me in the end like I actually worked on um in like retail um stands like all over like Harrods and Selfridges everything like I was doing that for ages and then I managed to get it down so I was working a bit of freelance a bit of that and then it was just hard for me like I feel like you do need to just properly be out there yeah um and yeah I just lost the passion for it I think now you can see I don't even wear makeup anymore but yeah when I came off the show like it it was so fun doing like master classes and then all these big brands that I'd even worked for like offering to work with me it was just great that must have been really good yeah I love it and now it's changed a bit now where I'm doing more Muay Thai and like my fitness it's like being an influencer it's so fun to be able to kind of work but do what you want to do so it don't feel like work but you're not just even an influencer because one of the things that I rate you the most highly for is the stuff that you've been doing with children Aww. in Thai villages yeah um uh, this is such important great work honestly with that my mum is actually like she come from poverty like she w- was born in Thailand she managed to go to university and learn English so that's why she could come over when she met my dad like she's so she's been in England now for 20 years but all from when I was little she'd always teach me how lucky I am to live this life because she really didn't have anything and when we'd go back to Thailand and visit where she um came from and stuff like it's it was crazy to see the kind of difference so when I came across um Warwatsana it's the name of the gym on Instagram I just could really relate to it because obviously for them Muay Thai is a lot more than what it is for me like this is a chance for them to change their life like build a career um just come out of gang violence and there's really nothing there for these children like there's nothing to do and these two people Francis and Boom um Francis Canadian Boom is from the same village. They started this community helping these kids. And honestly, like what they, the work that they put in, it was like they deserve to have the best life and they deserve for help because there's a lot of people that would say like, oh, I want to help and blah, blah, blah. And I just really wanted to change their lives. So 
when I saw that they was uh, raising money to um, build a house there, they'd actually saved money and bought a plot of land. And the land was really expensive. So they didn't have much to work with when it comes to building the house and COVID happened and everything like that. So I said, I'm going to come and I'm going to try and help. I'm going to see how much money I can raise. And the first like target I thought of was like 30,000. I thought that I could buy them in like a nice, nice little house. Um, and when I went over... Um, as soon as I started putting the kids on my stories and like saying their background stories, a lot of them had been through horrible like um, abuse when they were younger and like they don't have mums um, and dads from drug abuse, drink abuse and stuff like that. Um, a lot of people was just donating and they were supporting and it just went up and up and up. And now it's like we raised over like a hundred thousand pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. And their house is like nearly finished. They, they've got, so the, the plot of land that I went to visit was completely empty and now they've got a massive gym there and now they've got a house and like, honestly, I speak to them every day. They're literally like, I can't, my family, like I can't wait to go back. But um, for me, it was really important. Yeah, for coming from my mom's background, to help and give back and I've been given this platform and like I didn't do anything to go on Love Island like it was literally just myself like I, I didn't work to get those followers and I just I don't know it it, it meant a lot to me and I, I, I actually think that's like my most proudest achievement ever yeah you should be so proud Thank I bet your you. mum is like wow honestly yeah she wants to go and see them like yes so how does the Love Island process work? Do they approach you off the back of you just looking good on Insta? Yeah, literally, like I just got a DM on Instagram and I, was, and I actually got asked to do it the year before, but like I was in a relationship um, and then, yeah, they just DM me. I feel like they do approach a lot of people via Instagram. Mm. I had about 20,000 followers. Right. Mm. And then you came out to what, a million? Came out to 800,000 wow. and then it went up. So now it's like 1.2, yeah. Was that scary? It was like, do you know what? It was really overwhelming. And when I came out, um, obviously I came out in a relationship and um, he was very much like savvy, like knew what to do. And I was just like lost. Like I didn't have a plan. I didn't expect to go in there and make it to the final. I didn't actually expect to like find love and like come out in a relationship and have all this public eye and everything like that. So for me, I had to go for meetings for my management to get an accountant to do all of this stuff. And I literally sat there. I remember my friends coming with me and I, I couldn't even speak. Like it was just so overwhelming. And that kind of like stayed like that for a good couple of months. Like it's scary. And a lot of people won't understand um, like going in that villa, you're in the bubble. You don't know what's going on. You don't know how people see you. Like you literally don't know how big it is. And um, you come out and we landed on the airport and it was all the finalists. And because the plane was so delayed, there was like a huge kind of gathering of people and there was more and more and more people. And we was meant to see our friends and family in the airport. And they literally said, we can't see them. Like we just need to get you out of the airport. And there was just hundreds of people like screaming. Wow. And it was just like, that was crazy. I'll never forget that. That's a lot. It was, it was a lot. It was crazy. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know how I'd cope with having that. See, I really like a small incremental rise. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to gain 20,000 followers on one day or so. Mm. You know what I mean? You'd want it to go up. I like gradually. it slowly because I feel like I can then manage it. I yeah. feel like if I'd started yesterday and then I had 166,000 followers, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Not Whereas I like that small rise because then I can adjust and I can... Exactly, and you build with your followers. Exactly. <coughs> yeah. Which is why it is so hard. People think, okay, hey, you're going to go on Love Island, you're going to come off with a million followers and your, your career's good. Do you know what I mean? It's not like that. Mm. It's not as simple as that. You see there's different people that have really used the what they've gained like molly may yeah. she smashed it she knows what she's doing like you can see the difference between her instagram and like someone else's so it's not as easy as that and people do you know um judge love islanders and us like coming out the show and thinking like we've got like this easy life and stuff but it is very much like what you want to do with it and how you do that are you allowed to tell the truth about like if there are negative sides to Love Island and things like that or, or do you feel that that's you can't like almost betray the people who gave you no the, the the negatives for me is they're very obvious like the mental health sides to being on a show like that is crazy 
Um, you have to be a very, very strong person. And I was very blessed myself having such a close network of friends and people that I trust before going on there. Um, because when you're coming out, you still have those people. But like being on TV, um, being in the public eye, there's a lot of fake people, there's a lot of this and that. And it is, it's hard like having work and then comparing yourself to other love islanders and you know you're some people might say you've changed from the show this 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 and it, it can have a, like a negative impact on your mental health so yeah you have to be a really strong person do you think that they do enough to look after that and to prepare you for what you might face on the outside i mean yeah there was always access to speak to the psych um i feel like especially now they're definitely working on that because obviously everything that's happened like it's become more evident that we need more support um, luckily I did have the support of my friends and my family so I felt like I didn't need to speak to anyone um, but yeah there's always more that you can do. I was really interested because one of the questions that came up was about trolling like how have you dealt with trolling and online abuse and you mm. said actually I that question's get... kind of not relevant because that. Yeah like obviously everyone gets like negative comments online I feel like like I might put a boxing video up and then they'll be like, oh, you're shit, you can't really hurt fly or something. And yeah. I'll be like, oh, that's so offensive. But, you know, I just laugh it off. Like, I feel like I am very tough skinned. Um, I know a lot of people that did get it worse than me. So I'm quite grateful. Um, I just feel like on the show, they didn't really show a side to me that people could say anything mm. about. So I didn't really get much, you know, um, online abuse. Like, obviously, like race could come into it as well. But... Like, I just take it with a pinch of salt. It's what happens when you get that kind of massive platform. You're so gonna is get, it... Not everyone's going to like you. Is it more that you've had that kind of thing, but, you, but you've just... It's been water off a duck's back rather than you just haven't had any at all? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think everyone with, like, a million followers gets um, abuse. Yeah. But, yeah, it is water off a duck's back. And um, I don't know. I never woke up with, like, loads of hate or anything like that, like, constantly. Yeah. Which I know some of my friends have, so... Um, I'm grateful for that. Have you I, had days where it's felt like, like there's been a shit story in the press or something, and it's felt dark? Hundred percent. Like, like the press is like, the press aren't nice. The press can actually say what they want. They don't even need to have proof. So you could have uh, something with someone, and then they they could just go to the press and sell that story, and it's like that's not even true. Do you know what I mean? But. I've learned now, obviously, I was on the show three years ago, press comes and it goes. Mm. Like, you might get papped and you might think, oh my God, I look so awful now. And you might feel shit for a couple of days and then literally just forget about it in two weeks because news comes out every day. Yeah. And, uh, the paparazzi thing must be really intimidating though. Do they stand outside your house or? Um, I mean, I never got, like I live quite outside, like not outside London, but I don't think they'd be trekking down south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. But um, yeah, like, I don't know. You're very conscious of it. Like if I was in a restaurant with my friends, um, like in central London, like I would try not to post not now, I think they're not too bothered now, but when I first come out, if you posted where you are, boom, they're perhaps outside, do you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, but even my friend, Ellie, I spoke to her the other day, she was just coming out of the gym, she just rang me, she was just like, oh my God, like a pap's just taken an awful picture of me. Like, Is she from Love Island as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, she, she was from um, my series. Um, so yeah, it's, you have to just be careful with it. But it is a lot of pressure, like looking good all the time, like it's not yeah, that's realistic, yeah. Have you faced things like that, like criticisms about your looks and stuff in, in the media? Um, I tend not to read the Daily Mail comments. Like honestly, they're completely awful. Like I don't know the worst kind of calibre of people are just on those comments. Yeah. Um, And it's really not, that's something that you need to do to protect your mental health. Like if you wanted to feel shit about yourself, you could just go on a Daily Mail article and yeah. read the comments, like, if that's what you wanted to gain. That's a really important part of self-protection, isn't it? Just, like, literally phasing out the opinions of people who really just yeah. don't matter. Yeah, they, they don't, don't at all. All that matters is yourself and your friends and family and people who love you, so. Yeah. What is the, this is one of the questions, was what is the biggest difference to actually being in the Love Island Villa to what we see on TV? Um... So I actually only watched my series in... So I came back from Bali and I had to stay in one of those 10-day hotel quarantines. Mm. I had no, nothing to watch. So I ended up watching my whole season then. It's like three years later. Um, obviously, the show is so edited down, like a whole day going into one hour. So I don't know, like when you see like the challenges and stuff we had to do, you know, and they're like throwing crazy stuff at us and... Um, 
we'd be sat there for hours in the sun like baking hot and we had to wait for everyone to like clean it up and like go again and honestly that was like the longest thing ever for like two minutes of screen time on yeah. tv i'm like jesus it was so hot do you know what i always find really awkward when i when i watch love island is the um you know when people are you know when they're like having a little disco party or whatever like yeah. and, they're, <laughs> and they're all dancing and, uh, and in my head i'm picturing like I can tell that there's directors like, go and do that little dance again. I just feel like, oh, it's awkward, man. No, it's so funny because like, that's the slow-mo cameras. So it's a whole different camera crew and they come in and then like, I was always just up for it, like always dancing and that. But it's so funny because people feel like really awkward. And they're like, yeah, go, you two kiss and da 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 da. Like, it does look cringe. Yeah, right. Like, there's like no music either. Yeah. It's, oh sometimes god there's no music sometimes there's no music because oh, no. we weren't allowed to hear music in the village you know what I mean like, really so they would play like they would play like a couple of songs like every so often but more time no because if someone's talking then obviously they can't use it oh so, yeah you know what I mean yeah so there's probably a lot of times when you are just sitting around bo- really bored yeah not doing anything yeah 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 no it's quite yeah it was quite boring um but that's why you did get like really close with everyone because yeah. like, you just find your own entertainment like I think by I was in there for four weeks because I came in midway but by the end of like the third week you just lose your mind a bit like mm. just being like everyone's just weirdos but it's, yeah it's funny like there would be nights where we'd go to bed and like the producers would be like guys like stop talking like go sleep like we yeah. want to go home kind of thing and we'd just be just chatting shit like it was it was oh, actually nice. really fun. Yeah. Nice do you know what I always nice. think is like, don't anyone smoke? Like, do people smoke and well, they just yeah, hide they, it? But like, they can't. But they can't show it, can they? Right. On the camera, so they they um. I think the season before us, they could smoke like around the fire pit, but it's just not something you want to be promoting on no. TV. So yeah. What do you think about the impact of Love Island on? young people because I wrote about it actually in my okay magazine article because I'm so conflicted with Love Island because I feel like in fact your year is the only year that I watched it properly and really enjoyed it um prior to that I never really watched it and then after that I felt this conflict of being like actually it's good entertainment and I like watching it because everybody's talking about it and it Mm. means when you get in a cab or you're at work by the water cooler or whatever you've got something to talk about with people but I also have some issues with um, every year something seems to come up around some kind of misogynistic, beha- you know, some guy makes a statement or behaves in a certain controlling way towards a girl or whatever. Um, and sometimes I worry about the impact that something like Love Island has on young people, especially boys and girls body image stuff but even mm. just even that you know where they put you together to do them kind of club 18 30 type you mm. know licking jelly off someone or whatever you know all of that stuff it's mm. a lot it makes me feel like obviously your audience is young I don't think your audience is like 40 plus you know what I mean yeah so so do you do you feel it, like if you had a teenage daughter would you be letting her watch Love Island I think now I would. I know that, like, the first couple of series were more kind of very sexual and stuff like that. Like, I feel like they are catering more for, like, the family audience. And I feel like they do, like, they would cut a lot of stuff out that if it was offensive or, or whatever. But um, I don't know. It is, it is weird because, actually, there's not that many people in the really You can't portray everyone in the world. Mm. So it depends if your children are clued up to understand that this is just TV. And reality t- reality TV is not real life. No. It's not reality. Yeah. You know, they're doing everything there to provide entertainment. So um, I think it is mad how much it affects younger audiences because they're the ones that are your biggest fans when you come out. Like, yeah. sometimes you'll be walking, then you'll see, like, a little girl, and they start crying or something. Oh. I'm just like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? Or when I was doing meet and greets, like, how many young girls are, you know, saying, like, you're my inspiration and blah, blah, which is why it's so important that the people that go on the show know how much effect that they have on the younger audience and, like, how much impact they have and 
that's why they have to be good role models. They should be careful of what they're, you know, putting out there and because people are going to listen to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like instant celebrity, isn't it? Like the second that you are on the TV, you become influential. Yeah. Which is kind of dangerous, really, like the people that we give platforms to, I guess. Exactly. In some ways, you know. So that's what comes, that's, I think, um, what the casting, you know, directors have to like think about as well. Like if they're going to be able to deal with it and, you know. I don't think they'd put, like, bad people on the TV. You know what I don't think they think about, though, is, like, it keeps coming up every year as an issue with black women. And mm. every single year, they'll put in a beautiful, dark-skinned woman and then, like, ten men who don't, who only say, oh, I like blondes, you know what I mean? Honestly, yeah. And it's Why funny. are you not matching you it up? I was, I was watching Married at First Sight last night, the mm. UK version. They only put one uh, black girl in there yeah. as well. And everyone else... And they were saying that as well, blonde hair, blue eyes. That's my, yes. And she was getting really emotional on it, saying, like, I feel so insecure. Like, But that wasn't their fault. Like, that is the kind of people who are casting the show. Like, there, yeah. were, there were two black um, experts um, on the yeah. panel, but then the whole rest, like, like there was a couple of um, mixed race people and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was an issue for her, and I felt so sad watching it. Yeah, I, felt I was like, "That's so not your fault. Sad. That has how, nothing how, to do how far with you." In are you with that? Because I'm like episode ten. Oh, so have you? Is she got back? Is she with Ant now? Yeah, she's with Ant now. And then he does the same fucking thing. <laughs> Me, I know. I was screaming. She's so beautiful. She is beautiful. Stunning. If she's listening. You don't need them, men. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You just don't need them. <laughs> They're nothing special. I'm just interrupting this podcast to tell you a little bit about Beducated. Beducated have sponsored this episode and I'm incredibly grateful, but also I love them. And I would never allow anyone to sponsor this podcast who I didn't absolutely love and rate and just believe fully that anyone who wants to get a bit more in touch with their sexual side, learn more about sex, be more sexual I think that Beducated is the place to go. Whenever anyone asks me questions, I do a lot of Q&As on my Instagram and people often ask questions about uh, their love lives getting stale, their sex lives getting stale within their long-term relationships or people message me saying that they feel sexually inexperienced or that they'd like to try certain things. My answer to all of those people is always going to be sign up to Beducated you can find them at beducated.com, www.beducated.com. And on Instagram, they are at beducated.com, B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D.com. Find them. The link is in their bio. You can try the Beducated site for 24 hours before deciding to sign up. And if you do sign up and you use my code, la, 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 then you will get 70% off of the annual fee. There is so much in there. Go and check it out. Have a look. Check all the little things that interest you. So there's sections on kink, blowjobs, fingering, anal sex. So there's just a wealth of stuff on there. And it really gives you an insight into how sex should be. You know, there are many of us who would have got into bed with men who are like, I want to try anal and don't even think about pulling out any lube. When you watch this and you see exactly how uh, everything should be done, you will never accept any half-hearted crap sex ever again. It's really good and it can be done. You can watch it with a partner so it can really like bring excitement back into things. You know, if things have got a bit stale, you can maybe plan a night to sit and watch some of the stuff together. It's actually quite X-rated. It's quite like watching a free ethical porn. You can watch it together and try out some of the stuff and I guarantee you, your sex life will be improved. So check them out at beducated.com on Insta, code la la la. Um, how have you found dating after Love Island? Um, I think dating is hard now because like coming out the show, I just feel like anywhere I go, like if people know me from Love Island, like that's who I am. Like, oh, it's just she's she's from Love Island or like, you know what's nice? Like when I'm traveling, like just to not be cast from Love Island and yeah. just talk to people and just like get them to know me for me and like who I am. Um so it's different. I think that when like I do get like more serious with someone, it's more like explaining to them what my 
kind of career is because I do need that support. So like I have to post on Instagram, I have to take pictures um, for my brands and stuff. And like, I might not always have a friend that can help me. Like right now, I can only think of one friend, my best mate, like Alexa, she lives near me. But other than that, cause like, I don't have one around me that they can't take me. And she works. So mm. it's hard for me like to have some, like sometimes I like, ask my brother or, or my mum, but they also work. They're also busy. So if I get into like a more serious thing, then they have to know, like, you got to have to take pictures for me They're going to be your assistant as well yeah. as your boyfriend. But that's what I mean. They can't see it like that because there's certain guys that would be like, I'm not taking a photo of yeah. you. Like, nah, like, do you know what I mean? They I'm have not to, your I'm, assistant. I'm not your assistant. Yeah. I'm, not my, I'm not your photographer. Do you know what mm. I mean? So it's nice to meet someone that kind of puts like more, um, like, puts effort into it you know yeah because it's not easy it's not as easy as um bringing up your camera and then taking one picture it's not that you have to stand there and you have to take multiple pictures and like know the angles and be a good photographer yeah god so you actually you're looking for a man with skills like you can't you can't just have any man no 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 no, no. yeah because it would just make my life easier do yeah. you know what i mean and i feel like when you're in a relationship with someone like you you do stuff for them. Like, I'd do stuff for them. Then, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like both ways. I'm yeah. not looking for an assistant. Like No, but it's interesting because it's like, we all have them kind of non-negotiables, innit? And sometimes they might seem weird. Like, so, oh, I'm a dog owner and a child owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. I'm a bit like, you have to be able to cope with these two things. And, yeah. and it's the same for you. It's yeah. very reasonable for you to yeah. say that. I feel like, I feel like it's not like at the top of my priorities for them to be a good photographer. That would just help. But like things like understanding that I'm in the public eye mm. or understanding that I get attention on Instagram. Like you can't be with someone who's insecure if you're getting like a, hundred guys like messaging saying that you look hot do you know what I mean like you get a lot of celebs in your DMs I actually don't like I spoke about this on my podcast yeah it was so funny because I was saying do you know what like I actually don't and then it was funny because I was like oh actually I remembered and I remembered one and then it was like a quite famous guy and then it was all like taking a piss out of me but yeah not much was it Drake no 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 it was Chris Brown oh was it (laughs) yeah and then it went on to the press that I I spoke about it and stuff but we was all just making jokes like doing like a game where I had to answer it back like it was Jamie Lang and he had to tell me what to answer and he just made me look like an idiot so it was just funny like I don't care about Chris Brown anyway but no I don't think he's a very safe uh from what we know about his background I don't think he's the best partner for for a woman (laughs) I'm surprised you haven't got a load of footballers. No, so I was going to say, like, a couple of my other Love Island friends get footballers all the time. I mean, like, I actually haven't. Wow. No one uh, at that league anyway. But I would never go with a footballer, babe. Mm. It's just not for me. No. I don't know. Footballers, rappers are just... Ugh. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like you have to date people who are in the public eye now? No, I don't want to. Like, coming out to public eye relationship, I know what I want and it's not another one basically it's just not I like my privacy you need to have some aspect of your life which is private I put everything out there everyone knows what I'm doing all the time it's like have some sort of yeah thing that is just yours yeah you know you're single at the moment yes you're not on any dating apps no 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 what about the celebrity dating app um, like I tried it for a bit, like ages ago, but Raya. You know, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't know if my account is still there, but I haven't got the app on my phone. Like, it's it, just as bad as I, the rest of them. I can't do dating apps. I can't talk to people online. Like, I need to have like a face-to-face mm. connection. Yeah, it's very hard. I think this is what a lot of people are finding now with, yeah. with dating. I, I think everything around dating has gone really like confusing not confusing but shit basically like because I think apps everyone's got to the point where this silly small talk over and over again asking how many different people what do you do where do you live what you know it's just dead it's and it don't lead anywhere yeah also I find it really cheesy yeah (laughs) yeah and like sometimes when they're like doing the lines you know to grab your attention it's like Ew, like, yeah. no, I've got the ick already. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah, <laughs> not for me. But then it's hard because it's also hard to meet people out and about now, especially, I think, since COVID. Yeah. I think things have, re- like, dynamics have changed between people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, so I actually did a campaign with Tinder when I, um, when, while I was still travelling. Um, 
and it's all yeah it's just about like the covid thing now but i feel like it's getting better i don't know you know maybe maybe i don't know but i just feel like when you go out it used to be that you can like just mingle at a bar and things like that and now people are more like separated at their own tables you know what i mean it's less mingly i feel yeah yeah but um also, it's like you don't know whether to like hug someone or yeah, <laughs> like, that's so awkward. Yeah, it's so true. It has like messed up absolutely everything. Literally. Somebody asked. I felt sad by this question actually. Yeah. Somebody asked the question: "You're so pretty. Do you ever get rejected or hurt by men?" Oh, well, and thank I think you. it's sad that because sad that, that, that they they're they're. It makes me think they're feeling like the reason why they're abused and rejected and hurt is because. Of the way they're they ugly. look and it's literally f- completely far from it like there's so much below what we look like on the outside and I'm sorry like men if they're gonna hurt you they're gonna hurt you no matter what they look like like I would just think like if you're feeling like it's because of how you look like Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> it's nothing to do with how you look but I've definitely been hurt like I have and maybe it's my fault because the type of guys I go for they're very like um what is it emotionally unavailable Mm. and I'm a very emotional person and but I've always found that as much as that's kind of like my type that and when I've been with more emotional guys I've been put off so there's a reason why I keep going for these men have you explored that why you're into emotionally unavailable men like have you explored that in therapy or yourself no I need to (laughs) I need to, I feel like now is the time where I need to just, you know, be single, be like, and focus on myself and why, you know, it, it, it's all about, like people, a lot of people don't know this, like, and they say, why would they? But before I was on Love Island, like I was in like a very abusive relationship, but for three years and like that, that changed me a lot as a person. And when I was single, it was still like, I kept going back to that person. And the only ever reason where I fully could break away was by going on that show. So when I was on the show, I had a lot of like mental stuff to deal with as well. And I kind of like pushed that aside. And when I came out, it was just so overwhelming and everything like that. And I remember like, God, like my life has changed so much. And only my friends that knew me before actually know like how mm. much. And I remember doing like a meet and greet and I was opening like a store in Westfield, like a makeup store. Um, and there was like so many girls like lined up, like all the way outside, like all around the corner. And then I was there and I was taking pictures and they were so nice. And they were saying like, you're my inspiration. Like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And like, I had to take a moment and I went into the cupboard and I started crying because I was just like, like no one even knows like how much this means to me right now. And even the woman from the shop was like, are you okay? Like what's wrong? And I was like, no, like I'm happy. But it's just crazy. Cause if you look at my life, like a couple of months before that, like I was completely broke, like literally crying myself to sleep, like just not in a good place at all. Mm. And um, like, I never spoke about it, um, but like, yeah, my, my friends would be, always be like, I was so proud of you. Like, so, yeah. Was he your first proper relationship? No, I had relationships before that, but I think, like, this was very, like, intense um, and, yeah, like, traumatic, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was just ongoing. And that was my really first kind of experience with, like, trauma bonding, just whole, the whole thing where, like, it's affected everything around you. So like my friends, my work, I I lost my job. Like I'd go to work and I'd be like completely just not there. Like Mm. um, it affected so much stuff and I just couldn't get away. And like, that's when like friends and stuff really are important because you know, there's like friends could easily just be like, look like you're doing this to yourself. Do you know what I mean? No one kind of understands like, how hard it is to leave a situation that you know that you're not supposed to be in and I never once thought you know what I want to like I this is what I want like I knew that it was wrong Mm -hmm. but when you love someone or love like whether or not it was true love like it's so hard and like I said like I didn't have money like I didn't have my own thing and like I was so kind of insecure and when I came out of Love Island, like people kept telling me like you're so beautiful you're so pretty and I had all these brands like wanting to work with me and I honestly felt like why 
I didn't know why. Like, mm. I didn't feel beautiful. Like, I never got compliments. I never got that from that relationship. Mm. So when I was coming out and and I had all of that work and stuff, I kept saying to my friend, like, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand, like, why am I getting jobs? And she was like, you're amazing. That's why. And I, I didn't feel it. Like, I had that, like, imposter syndrome. And it was ages before I kind of, like, understood, like, oh, my God, like, I, I do deserve this. Like, um, like, this person. So, yeah. But the... The one like advice that I'd give like to anyone now, because I someone told me this when I when I was working on the shop floor one time, and when I was like really really in a bad place, and it was because of like the situation. When you have, when you look at your life, right? So like, say this is your life and it's one big box, and then you split the box up into like equal parts and say you've got one box is friends one box is family one box is your social life one box is work um and so on one box is relationship when you lose that box of relationship you still have all these other boxes that you've got like your life is equal and everything is shared so when you have something that's missing it doesn't feel like you're empty right so but if you take your whole box and it's literally relationship and you focus everything your energy into one person even if they're not giving it back to you like everything is in that box and that's when it's lost like they hurt you they cheat on you they do anything and that box is taken but you have nothing to fall back on mm. you have nothing to like it's not equal yeah do you know what I mean and that's coming from that situation I've now learned to focus just as much on my work as I am on my relationship and everything does need to be equal yeah I'd lo I love a lot like I'm a very loving person I have a lot of love to give sometimes I'm giving it too much to someone that's not giving it back but as long as I'm putting that same energy in other things when you lose that relationship when you get cheated on like you have other things you have your friends I was putting so much into someone and losing my friendships so when that person's gone and I don't have my friends to fall back on do you know what I mean yeah and that's what domestic abuse does whether it's physical emotional financial sexual it actually does start to rob you of those other parts of your life even when you don't realize it so like you yeah. say like that lack of confidence that you started to have that low self-esteem which is is gonna is as a knock-on effect of how you interact with people just generally honestly you being preoccupied when you're going into work you know like um being isolated from your friends it's just it comes from every direction to rob all the other parts of your life when it's when it's abusive and it's 100%. so hard to crawl up like but it's, it's almost like you're at the bottom of a kind of well and this is the only person who is who is in there with you you know and then having to like get yourself back up until you can see the light that says actually there mm. is more to life than this and I and actually this is I might not be dead, but this is killing me, you know? Yeah, and but it's, it's just so hard, like, when, you know, they do give you that attention or that love that you can, mm. it can be just the tiniest, smallest amount, and then you're, like, back into square one, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was all, like, it's so it's so sad as well because people look at me and think, oh, my God, she's so confident, she's beautiful and all of this. Like, if you looked at my Instagram, and it's, like, there was a point in my life, like, like, I got my boobs done to impress this guy. Like, mm. he literally made a comment, like, oh, you need boobs. And I, I didn't, I had flat chest, but I was proud of it. Like, I'd always go out and, like, I wore, like, little crop tops and stuff. Like, I, I loved having no boobs. But because this one person said that I needed a boob job, then I went and got that. And it's so sad because, like, if I had a daughter one day and she's doing that and changed her body for someone else when she didn't even want to, like, I would, that would literally kill me. Yeah. So now I'm just like, no, like I've learned so much and I feel like I'm 26 now and I will still go through relationships and whatever and still try and work out like what I need. But like everything that happens to you is for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's always lessons. Yeah. And as, as, as sometimes it's hard because it might be a really long one and you don't have the kind of strength to get out of it. But like, if you know that that's what you want to do and you want to get out of the situation, like you can do it. And like I say, like, oh, it's love owned that saving, but it wasn't, it's myself. Like yeah. I could go back anytime, but like I'm, I'm better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've done so well. Thank you so much. You've done so well. Um, I do think it's, I think if, if people recognize like what you're saying about being attracted to emotionally unavailable people. Yeah. Um, I think that is really something so important to work on. Like if you're single mm. and you know that that's what you're attracted to, you know that inevitably 
you're gonna you're gonna just keep jumping into shit after shit after shit. It's like, it's like trauma cycles, isn't it? Like it's yes. the same thing that's happening over and over again. And what I've kind of worked out is like I I do like men who show less emotions. Like mm. that's just like there's, there's no right or wrong. That's that is my preference. What but, do you mean when you say less emotions? Because there's one thing like them crying at advert or something, yeah. but like emotion towards you. Um. Do you mean like ones who keep you guessing about whether they act, how they actually feel yeah, about you? Yeah, and stuff? like more held back because they don't want to talk about like their emotions. Like I like I don't know why. I I just find it more kind of I don't know. I like the chase. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like I'm sick of it, but that's like all you know these like memes that are um, on Instagram like about like red flags and this is this. Like all my friends just send them to me. Like it's like we just joke about it. Because you're just running towards them. Like <laughs> it's so sad, but it's true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, Do you know what your attachment style is? What's that? So how we how we relate in adult relationships mm. and often like if we are the type of person who is running towards emotional unavailability, it's because of how we initially developed our bonding and attachment to our early caregivers. Yeah. So if I'm a baby and I know that uh, every time I cry, my mom's going to come and meet my needs. Mm. Um, and then going through childhood, I know that my emotional needs, my physical needs, my all of them needs are just met. Then I'll probably develop a secure attachment, which means that when I go on to try to develop relationships as an adult in the future, I'm secure. I know that people, I can rely on people to meet my needs. It doesn't yeah. mean all your relationships are going to be perfect, but what it does mean is that you're better at resolving conflicts and you're um, less likely to go out after people who are emotionally unavailable because that's foreign to you. You, yeah. you want other people who meet your needs. Whereas if you're a baby or, or, or a child who maybe your parents were working a lot and were, you know, um, struggling to, to juggle sort of work and child care then maybe your needs wouldn't necessarily be always met maybe you were at the nursery or maybe you had to cry a bit longer because your mum had three other kids to deal with or whatever you know oh, so, so it's not necessarily bad parenting yeah but sometimes but we about... can develop insecure attachments oh, okay. so what we're used to is crying and nobody coming or what we're used to is having to behave a certain way for our parents to show us any love or yeah. we might have totally un uh, emotionally unavailable parent or whatever then we can develop attachment styles that carry through into adulthood so we're almost like bonding with people who remind us of the way that we bonded in in yeah, in childhood and so often crazy. people who've got like um who, who are drawn to emotional unavailability it's mm. like you're chasing something familiar that's so I think I don't have that attachment like as in with my parents because like I had a really like good upbringing but I probably have that attachment to yeah that first relationship where I did feel like that and maybe because it was so long and it was just ongoing like I associate that maybe with love and yeah. what love is and that's what my type is but not do you know what I mean like it's, your attachment style can change according to relationship yeah. so you can be securely attached and then have a really shit relationship and then, and then go back have an insecure attachment yeah but nice. it's definitely worth looking at because I feel like I've always been the same as you like attracted to that emotional unavailability because I want to chip at your core and make you love me that's why like, I always relate to all your bones yeah <laughs> I'm like, oh my god <laughs> but it don't it don't serve you well you know what i mean and of i think course, especially no. for women you know you know and it does seem a bit more traditional that men are like emotionally unavailable and women mm. want more from you know mm. but actually that's like a negative masculine trait exactly no but it's where i'm so emotional like if i'm with someone that is also like emotional it's yeah. just a lot like i'm very emotional but i what i kind of worked out now is i don't need that kind of emotions but like some sort of communication like I yeah. feel like men like that are very bad at communicating yeah. and they don't think about what their actions kind of make us feel like and mm. you know when they're when they don't know how to communicate something and they're like not texting about it or talking or anything like that that's just makes you feel like you're going crazy yeah and then it just the situation just gets worse so I think communication is such like oh, a so key important. thing for me. It's also yeah. about respect, isn't it? Because you might be somebody who's kind of emotionally unavailable, doesn't like, you know, 
blurt out all your emotions or whatever but I think there's still levels of respect that you have to have like if you're seeing someone mm. and you say look I'm not really an emotional type of person but I'm going to constantly reassure you yeah with in different ways so yeah. that I you know and I think that's the problem when you're going for emotionally unavailable people is that you just need that reassurance exactly. that everything's okay and then when they don't give that to you you're like oh. exactly well that comes in with the communication so like when you are getting into a serious relationship there's so many things that you do actually need to talk about i'm gonna actually get it up on my phone um hold on it was so good okay so before so this says before you get married discuss bills parenting styles credit debt religion how to deal with family what beliefs will be installed in your children childhood traumas sexual expectations partner expectations financial expectations family health history mental health history bucket list dream home careers education political views and whatever else comes to mind love love alone is not enough Yes. It's so it's true. Very, very true. I think people make a lot of mistakes. I think there's certain questions that need to be asked like well early on. Like That's true. Yeah, because this shouldn't even be before you get married. It just should yeah. be like when you're getting serious. I'm going, especially now, my age, like I do actually want to meet someone that I'm going to build a life with. Yeah. Like it's different when I was like dating when I was younger. It was like, oh, well, I'm not going to marry them anyway. And then I'll just be in a year of relationship and I just think, oh, God, that's just a year of my life gone. Yeah. But now I'm thinking more like, yeah, family babies and stuff i think there's really important questions to 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 i mean i think the baby thing you don't necessarily need to ask till a bit late i think it's a bit oh, scary for a first yeah <laughs> but um but i think stuff around po- political and moral and all of that sort of stuff is like really essential yeah because i don't want to find out you know two months even down the line that you think trump is a really great guy <laughs> Or, you know what I mean? Like, Do you know what I mean? And then that's like kind of like a deal breaker. You yeah. want to be able to unsee it. Yeah, we've wasted our, we've wasted two months because we didn't chat right? about like or where we're at. And um, a lot of people don't talk about sexual expectations. Mm. They just have sex and they don't discuss it. And it needs to be spoke about a lot more because you could be pleasuring your partner in a lot more ways and that but they don't know do you know what I mean and that's when people like are unfulfilled in the bedroom department then that's when they're looking elsewhere as well absolutely like it's a lot of things to talk about like I love talking so (laughs) (laughs) I need someone that can communicate these things yeah it's so important isn't it like I really do think that we have to set our standards like and and I think oftentimes we end up kind of knowing that the person that we're on a date with does have some red flags or doesn't necessarily meet our standards but if we really fancy them and if someone ain't come along for a while it can be really easy to be like but you know honestly he's so hot it doesn't matter if he's like really basic or (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I think it can be really easy god I'm like an expert at ignoring red flags (laughs) yeah I think most of us are to be honest it wasn't until I was like 35 that I stopped ignoring red flags (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) so you got a little while you got like 10 years great um let's before we get on to some of the other we've got a couple of questions because we've just been speaking about your experience with abuse. I wanted to ask this one, which is from a woman who said, how do you get a friend to see that their partner is abusive? My best friend's partner is dreadful. He put he puts her down, orders her about, treats her like shit in front of other people, which makes me worried about what he must be like behind closed doors. Mm. But when I try to talk to her about it, she's in complete denial. How do I get through to her? I think... I was even saying before the friends thing is so important so when you're in that situation like how her friend is feeling and she thinks that she's denying it like oh it's not happening but I feel like when you're in when you're in that you know what's happening she's just not ready to talk about it yet so all this girl can do is make it very apparent that she is there for her if anything like to speak to to just just show her that she's a good friend and she's going to be there because it's so hard you know sometimes when you talk about them too much like they feel like they're you know not being heard or it's boring you know and I've I've had other friends that are in abusive relationships and they've lost their friends because it's like babe I don't want to hear about it no more you're still in this situation like allow it now do you mm. know what I mean um so it's it's you can't make someone see until they're ready to see in it yeah 
Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? And you're so you're so right about that thing of like it that can become really frustrating if you've got a friend or oh family member who's in that, even though you've got the greatest sympathy with the fact that they're in an abusive relationship, you can almost start to become like almost angry with them because it's like you keep going back. Yeah. Can't and you see what he's doing. And that's all all that's gonna make them do is hide it from yes. you. I don't obviously she's worried about what's going on behind closed doors. Like you don't maybe he's not like mm. hitting her or anything like that so you don't know you can't like assume but you obviously can be very like worried um and yeah but they're not gonna they're not gonna be like yeah I'm leaving do you yeah. know what I mean and, until they want to but I knew when I was in that situation I never thought this is this is what I want I yeah. always thought it was wrong but I put I kept staying I never kept going to like to leave or anything like that like I I just stayed because I had that connection mm. and I couldn't leave but I'm not stupid. Like, I'm a smart girl. I knew that that was not what I was trying to do for the rest of my life. But it's just hard. Yeah. It is hard. I think that is a really, you hit the nail on the head, isn't it? It's, the friend is, it's not that she doesn't know. It, it's, I think this friend doesn't need to, like, alert the friend to the fact that it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. The fact that she's in denial doesn't mean she doesn't, doesn't know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denial she just doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. 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 She doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to... She doesn't want to leave the situation. Um, or like, just don't give up on her, basically. Yeah, but just don't push it. Yeah, her. be there for her. Don't don't push, don't push, don't say how much you don't like him because that all that's going to do is make yeah. her not want to talk about it in front of her. And might make him stop her from... Being her friend. Being her, yeah. yeah. So it could push her further. So, yeah, like, you're right. It's, it's so difficult, I think, because I get a lot of questions along these lines um and actually if you want to go to my women's aid podcast i think it's about 54 minutes in we do a whole big explanation about how to help friends who are in um abusive relationships mm. and it comes up quite a lot but it's it's one of those ones where it's like there is no magic wand no. there's no sentence that that i can give you there's no special thing where i'm like right this is how we get our friends out of abuse there isn't there's not it is such a frustrating process because it's like you can see it you want to drag them out of it and you can't and like you said all you can do is unconditionally be there exactly. even if she starts acting like a bitch to you because of what she's going you know what i mean i'm not yeah. saying tolerate your friends being bitches yeah on you know wildly but you know so i think give a bit of a blight be there even if it's in the distance yeah it's it's like what i said about having you know when you lose that box of your life which is the relationship with having other boxes to fall back to and if her friend is there and has been a friend throughout the whole relationship she's gonna have more support and be more yeah feel better yeah that's li that's literally all you can do be a friend no, that's yeah. it and like you say don't don't keep saying he's doing this he's doing this she knows she, she knows. knows just let her know that you're there and get her to follow pages like mine pages like sister space pages yeah. like women's aid and stuff because that little drip drip effect of just being able to know that there is support out there exactly there are other women or people who've been through this stuff and yeah have got you know, out you know what was it like I think definitely show her the pages, but I think specific ones, like when a friend sends it to you, like it's very kind of um, what's patronizing. Mm. Like, you know, because it's like, okay, like I'm, this is my life. I'm going through this. Like, I don't need you to send me a meme that what I'm going through. Yeah. Like I want to come across it myself and relate to it myself. Yeah. Um, I found that a lot, but I also found like I did, get close with other girls and my friends that were kind of in similar situations and then that's that's who I'd be speaking to about because they got me like mm. I could ring them crying and be like oh he's done this and they're not gonna sit there and be like why are you still in this they're just gonna listen and they're gonna be there to have the conversation they're not gonna sit there and tell me that like, I'm an idiot like I already know I'm an idiot mm. I don't need someone to tell me that do you know what I mean yeah and you're not an idiot just you know I mean it is that difficult thing isn't it because because yeah. you do feel like that. I've been in that situation with friends where I have actually at points felt like you're a dickhead <laughs> what, are you doing? what are you doing you know what I mean but then also you know that they're not because when but you understand the nature of abuse and the com complex so way that it deeper. fucks your head yeah yeah, yeah. so hard um somebody's written in to ask I shouldn't laugh actually because this is somebody's life and it's not funny. Um, I've got my little dog sleeping next to me right Obviously, now. She's she sleeping. Looks, yeah, she looks proper cute. Um, my boyfriend of eight months shares a dog with his ex girlfriend. They treat it like a child. 
and properly share custody one week on one week off when they hand over the dog they usually get coffee or a drink or they'll take the dog for a walk together they also send several pictures of the dog to each other oh my god daily they've gone too far (laughs) oh my god she said i totally understand the love that you can have for a dog but i feel that this is too much am i within my rights to tell him that the dog stuff needs to calm down or is that me being controlling See, I can't relate because I don't have a dog and I just think that's just, you've gone too far. (laughs) Like, if I had to share custody with a dog, I'm sorry, like, I I would fight for the dog. Like, why not? Yeah, Yeah, you're not sharing it. Do you know what I mean? It's not a child. Like, obviously, it's a child to them. Yeah, I get it. But now it's affecting her relationship with him. But this girl who's written the questions, she sounds very, like, like lenient and very, like, she's dealt with this now for eight months because she's been in a relationship for eight months, right? Um, God, like... I could never, I could never do it. Not because I'm like controlling, but like, that's your, I don't keep in contact with any of my exes. Mm. Like, that's not a thing. I'm not, like, there's people who do. I'm just not one of them people. So I can't relate. Yeah. I'm kind of the same. Like, obviously I'm in touch with my son's dad because that's, that's necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we don't even have that level of communication over we share a child exactly we don't send pictures <laughs> to each other daily oh like, my god you know? yeah um so and i am a dog lover and a dog owner and i i wonder i don't know even with her <clears throat> i wouldn't i mean she's she's four so mm. she's gonna live what, another 10 years yeah. at least so that's what i'd be asking how old's the dog is if the dog's like 20 then maybe just tolerate it oh yeah 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 that's a good one if the dog's like a year old imagine (laughs) i don't know you know i i I think it's a really difficult one she needs to speak about it though because it's bothering her and it that's how things kind of boil up inside you she might like keep it hidden when it's bothering her and then one day switch for i know i would i wouldn't actually keep it in at all like the first thing i'd be like what yeah (laughs) yeah i don't think it's controlling for her to say something about it i don't think so at all and i don't know maybe you can come to some sort of uh agreement or like um what's that word compromise compromise exactly compromise um where you know the dog is one week one week whatever but there's no pictures because i'm sorry you've got enough pictures yeah, now excessive. like it's too much like that's communication that is not needed yeah with your ex-girlfriend no matter if there's nothing there like but see me like i have trust issues i'd be like why are you meeting up with coffees and all of that mm. like what are you really doing like yeah i'd probably be the same even though that's unreasonable in it's a way unreasonable like, yeah some people really genuinely have great relationships with their exes exactly. that are totally platonic i know but where i'm just associating associating it with myself yeah. i'm just like nah yeah i'm the same one like i tend to like not really if they've been proper exes and we're done we're done if no i don't need. have a child with you or whatever but normally that's because it kind of ends in a bad not yeah. terrible way usually yeah. but not not in in the greatest way i really don't know whether <clears throat> i think she might find that if she puts down any ultimatums that he will probably choose the dog over her yeah no ultimatums i'm <laughs> gonna choose the dog over this relationship so I think you need to be aware of that. But I don't think it's controlling. And I think you have the right to say, I feel really uncomfortable with this. And I think your solution was perfect, which was like, all right, you can still share the dog. Compromise. Fucking stop the pictures, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No need. It's no need, is it? Um, Another question that we've got says, do you think that every single good-looking man is a bit basic? Do we have to choose between good looking and intelligent or unattractive and smart in order to find love? Um, I don't agree with that at all. I feel like I do tend to go for like personality. Like I actually do. Like if you looked at my exes or whatever. My exes have been hot. The ones that I've seen. The one. Yeah. But that's like the ones that, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) you're going to see my other ones. Like, <laughs> no, but I actually thought that was the case. But I actually thought like when you meet like someone like really good looking like guys, especially and if they're single, like there's like what what else is like there's something, you know, there's gonna be a red flag somewhere, like it's too good to be true. When they're good looking, you know, funny, they've got money and stuff like this, you're yeah. like, hold on a second. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So but yeah, no, they are definitely 
do you not have to uh, men are just so different like yeah. do you know what I mean yeah it depends what who you like and who you go for if you go for good looking guys then probably like a bunch of good looking guys people like there'll be people that are basic do you know, you what, know I mean? what I think oftentimes when we, when you're talking about really good looking people yeah um, I think some really good looking people have like pretty or handsome privilege and it carries you through life in such a way that you don't necessarily even need to work on, on yourself your work on your yeah. personality because doors are just opening for, for you because of how you look you know what I mean yeah so I do think that there can be some really very shallow and sort of very good looking people with like no personalities yeah those are the guys that just like have sex with everyone like easily Mm. but they don't really have a a connection or they do you know what I mean or they find a connection with someone that kind of is on the same level as them but um, I feel like it it is rare meeting like people that are like that yeah I think what and the thing is good looking is subjective very subjective you know like a friend can say to me I've met an amazing man he's really gorgeous and I'll see him and think yeah 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 yeah. I love that though when they're like really attracted to them and you're just like nah but like you're happy for them yeah exactly because it's like who cares I'd rather nobody else thinks my my man is good looking oh my god same (laughs) literally only one who thinks he's good looking that is literally same but um but yeah, I do, I, I, you know, these, the, I, I understand what she's saying because I do struggle to meet someone who's got everything. So I feel like I'll meet someone who I'm really attracted to, but he's got no personality. Oh, or I'll yeah. meet someone who I really can't ever imagine kissing, but he's got the most incredible, per- you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. kind of hard or to like, meet. I think work and ambition and career is important as well. So important. Because you can have a really good looking guy and then they have no ambition and it's just like, you can't see a future with that. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, it's so many It's things. the whole package, isn't whole it? package, yeah. Is it like even the stuff on your list? Like, are, are you on the same page with yeah. sex? And yeah. do they even live? I want someone who lives near. Do I won't you? date men who live in South London. It's too far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a long so distance to come here. <laughs> I don't want long distance. I don't want to have to drive for an hour to see you. But also, South people are very different from North people. Do you know what I mean? South London and North London is so different. I feel like North and East, we're more like each other. Yeah, you are, yeah. And South and West, you're more like each other. Yeah, exactly. There's definitely a divide. South London smells different as well. (laughs) Smells of Morley's. But we're more real. We're real. (laughs) (laughs) Smells of Morley's chicken in South London. We don't have Morley's here. I love Morley's. We don't have it, you know. It's the only reason to go to south um but yes it's difficult to find the whole package and i think the main thing is stop you don't there's no problem with being single it's okay to be single for a really long time until you do meet that whole perfect package person you know what i mean yeah and where like obviously i'm 26 now i've dated guys whatever like i kind of every guy that i've gone with and everything like that it's just made me realize like what i need and what i want and a lot of also about me and what I can be like in a relationship because like no no one's perfect do you know what I mean so it is it is mad this whole dating thing but yeah yeah dating is just it's all so complex but that is the thing that I really want people to remember is that there's no being in a relationship isn't necessarily better than being single Mm. it's so much better to be single for like a good five years while you're working on yourself and holding out to meet that perfect package person rather than being in 10 different relationships in that five years yeah but like you say then there is some benefit to it because in a way each failed relationship teach sets the bar a little bit for yeah. what you know you're gonna need I, but i feel like i'd know it now you know what i mean i feel like i'm a uh, lot different from the girl that you know before love island to now and everything that's happened um like i said like i've got a lot a lot of love to give right now i need to give it to myself mm, absolutely would you do love island again if you uh, if you had the chance if they did like an OG Love Island or whatever would you go back um, yeah I think that would be quite fun to be honest I would I don't know if they'd ask me but <laughs> yeah I think you're one of the the proper people I think you're one of the proper yeah, names yeah there's just there's so many people now there's so many series you know yeah but I think a lot of people there's only there's only ever going to be like a handful you know like one or two that really come out from each series yeah exactly and and a lot I, I can't even remember who else was in your series I have really? no, no idea. No, literally not. Maybe that's because you follow me on Instagram. But yeah, but I, I'm sure I follow some others. I don't know, but I, I, I genuinely don't know the names of many Love Islanders apart from you, Molly May, Amber Gill. Yeah. Kathy Avakaz. Yeah. I think a lot of people might have thought you were the other Kaz because I did get quite a few questions like, what was it like being the 
dark-skinned women on Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same cast. <laughs> no. One. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. When I saw that, she was coming. I was like, Oh my god, there's another cast. Yes. But she was really nice. Yeah. She done. She done the name proud. Yeah. She did. She was brilliant. Yeah, she was my she favorite. Was Have you met her? Do you end up meeting all the? I haven't met her yet, but like she followed me before she went on the show and then like I went to like message her account and she'd already like seen the charity work that I'd done and said oh this is amazing so I thought oh my god like I like already oh yeah. lovely yeah we've come to the end now we've we've gone on for an hour and we didn't even get to answer all of the questions but Aww. it's been so lovely chatting to you honestly I feel like I've had a little therapy session <laughs> you're so easy to talk to oh, and just so open are. and like warm and you're just a really nice human oh bless you how babe. can people continue to support the work that you're doing in Thailand so I post a lot of updates on my Instagram Kaz Crossley um I've got like a highlight section as well if you want to actually look at it I've got all the stories of the children, how much their lives have changed through meeting Francis and Boom, but then also what your money's like donating towards. Um, I want to go back soon and help them. Obviously, I've got my own brand, Casbans. I well. really want a Casbans. Oh my god, I should have brought some. I'm so sorry. I really want. Can I have one with a fringe though? That's yeah, what I was of course. Yeah, yeah. You can just like pop it over. I'll send you a bunch anyway. Casbans are great. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them on Thank a few you. people, and they, you do them for kids as well, do you? Yeah, I do them for little babies, yeah. and then um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This month, we're gonna donate like profits to like a charity um, so yeah I want to do more like events uh, this month yeah now I'm back I've been traveling for so long I've just come back to so much work but, yeah that's yeah. a good that's a good position to be in thank you yeah. thank you I'm excited oh well thank you I hope you enjoyed the podcast and thank you bye bye, bye.